Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Jack Chat presented by Brothers Comics, uh, where we walk you through some classic X-Men stories to try to connect them with the current continuity. On the line tonight are my two favorite mutants. Uh, on the line tonight is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, fellow mutants. Glad to be back. All right. And then also on the line tonight is Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's up. Hey, yo, what's up? All right. Yeah, so we have been away for a while from the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat, and uh, I kind of wanted to kind of walk us up to where we were when we left off. Um, the X-Men had just gone through this whole thing with Forge and whatever that Native American villain was, and they've been sent through the Siege Perilous. Is, is that correct? That's they were not correct. sent through yeah. the Siege Perilous. They were given the Siege Perilous. Okay, they yeah. were given the Siege Perilous as a... a a sign to to I don't know as a sign to, to it was there so they at the end of at the end of Fall of the Mutants they all die to sac- they sacrifice themselves to to forge and it's like symbolic because it's the same amount of people in his company that he killed in order to open the rift in the first place so yeah, they right. all die yeah. but Roma instead of making the adversary dead Roma reduces his sentence to like a hundred years in the afterlife. And so to compensate, she brings the X-Men back. And she offers them the chance to start over with new lives. All they have to do is go through the Siege Perilous. So they take the Siege Perilous, but they don't opt to go through it. Right. And as a part of that, everybody does think that the X-Men are dead. And as a part of being in the Siege Perilous, too, when they do show up for things, like people can see them physically, but if somebody tried to film them uh, with their camera phone, not then, uh, if anybody tried to film them with a camera or anything like that, they just show up as like like Dracula-like figures where you can't actually see them. So after the situation that happens, uh, there's a couple of issues that are in between. Like one's like a, a, a morning episode issue where it's like, oh, you know, the X-Men died and Nightcrawler's all upset or whatever. And then I think there's a long shot single story of some sort. So the, um, there's the Dazzler is like a recap one where like some dude finds out that they're dead and he's thinking about how he crossed paths with Dazzler and Wolverine. It's pretty, it's straight filler story. And then it's the reverse and then it's the long shot. Thanks. Okay. Right, yeah. Right. And, and I did, I put in the, the email or text that I sent you guys wanted to just kind of spend a little bit of time on the reverse because the, the, the heavy thing that comes out of that is that the X-Men wind up taking over their headquarters. The Reavers are using Gateway, the Aboriginal Australian, uh, to mm-hmm. go essentially just to rob banks and stuff. You know, they're just criminals. And they mm-hmm. use Gateway to open up gateways and to go and robbing things. And right. the X-Men find out about it. It's, one, it's really one of their first misu- missions uh, after going through the Siege Perilous. And then they take over the... Um, the headquarters or whatever of the Reavers. Uh, any thoughts on the Reavers, Brother Beavis, as a group? Because they continually make their way back into the X-Men book. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really kind of strange at this point. They're almost like almost like a counterpart 
are almost equivalent to like the Marauders, except instead of being mutants, they're cyborgs. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know they have they have some scrubs and they have like four named dudes that have like kind of weird powers that they try to explain between technology. So they they don't really make a lot of sense, but they do become more significant. They do hang around. Right. And they also kind of get the call up for the Logan movie, kind of, sort of. Uh, sort of, yeah. Kind of, sort of. Just like everything yeah. in that X-Men movie universe, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah the X-Men can, movies cannot fully commit to just about <laughs> anything. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So that's where we are getting up to 232, where we have the return of the brood. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, Mark Silvestri is, has hit his stride uh, in these runs of books here. Um, yeah. Holy cow. Uh, from covers yeah. to inside the and the books, I mean, he's really hit his stride. And two, we get the Brood back. We did a whole podcast on the Brood, the original Brood story, um, and then the X Men have changed in terms of the team and in terms of attitudes uh, a lot in those what uh, seventy plus issues. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, so as a return for the Brood, are you okay with the Brood coming back, uh, Sandman? I guess I'm okay with it. It seemed like a strange um, insert at this time. It was like, you know, after um, Fall of the Mutants and all that happened with that, and um, right before this eventually leads into Inferno, this is, I thought it was kind of a strange, almost like filler in a way. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, they, 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 they still exist, don't they? And right. uh, complete with uh, Magic Space Shark. I kind of laughed when I was rereading this uh, this afternoon. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, so we're going to do this again. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it it, it it does make for uh, entertaining three uh, books, I have to admit, as much as I may make fun of it. Right. You okay with the brood making their return, Brother Beavis? Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to imagine that a whole race would be wiped out, so it's not unreasonable to me that they'd be back. And to me, it's almost like, you know, they got defeated. They encountered these mutants sort of like for the first time and got defeated by them. So now they're trying to, you know, kind of explore that and become that um, and even sort of grow and mutate from what they are, become even more dangerous than they already are. Right. And uh, Sandman hinted at this as they're making their way back. One, it's a great cover on 232 with the brood is back. Um, There's a little recap of where the X-Men had been and a a weird thing with Lorna and Alex uh, on their vacation in Mexico because they're like, and down the street, Earthfall is the name of the issue, Chris Claremont and Mark Silvestri. Um, Okay, you got black people camping. Okay, so (laughs) there was already a problem. You knew something was going to happen. Yeah, Yeah. you knew something was up. Like, okay, y'all got black folks out camping, so somebody almost died. You almost want to say, hey, wait a minute. You know, it's one of those. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Um, And then, essentially, there's a giant shark that comes and falls out of the sky. Now, um, (laughs) I can only speak for me as a black person. Typically speaking, though, (laughs) uh, when things go down, we are generally not the first to run towards danger. Mm-hmm. Um, not towards it. Um, yeah, and and they, they kind of make this thing that they're the two people. Well, he's one of them. like, come on, let's go over there and explore. Yeah, not so sure about that. Um, yeah, they've already they've funny. already felt like, yeah they've already felt like three rules in a horror movie. You know, they'd already yeah. dead by now. You know, so yeah, well, yeah. it's kind of funny. The black <laughs> guy like, go camping with black people. <laughs> 
Well, and the funnier part too is, is the black dude does realize that he's black shortly after the shark tank. Yeah, right. He's like, yeah, now we need to call the Avengers, the Fantastic Four. We need to call somebody. Let them handle that. And they're like, hey, wait, this is the this mm-hmm. is the X Men. This cast don't show up in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the black dude, the black dude's got to look on his face. That's priceless. That's like, yeah, it's priceless. I, yeah. I don't know about this. No, yeah, about this stuff.
chilling, and she's using Gateway to open up gateways to go shopping and doing those types of things, getting groceries. X-Men may or may not be there when she gets back. You know, she went out and got her hair did. She got this little mm-hmm. green dress on. Yeah, nice outfit, yeah. Hey, Gateway, you want to holler? He's like, hey, I'm trying to holler at you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Gateway could have got him some, man. Yeah, yeah he wasn't trying to holler, mm-hmm. man. It was just nothing. So Madeline Pryor is an island to herself. And she's and... become the guy in the chair, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. exactly. She is, yeah. yeah, she is the guy in the chair and the, the freaking oracle. And as a part of her oracle-type duties, she's checking out news broadcasts or whatever, and she sees Scott with Jean. And this is the first time that she knows that Jean is back. And I didn't. I, I thought for some reason she already knew. And she gets upset. She's mad. I mean, and her dialogue is like, you loving her the way nobody ever loved me or you never loved me. I mean, she really yeah. has it, you know. Yeah, she punches it's, the hell out of that screen. Yeah. 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 Uh, waiting to XL moment, she would have set Cyclops' car on fire. So, um, I mean, it would have been really bad had he been around. And, you know, boom, she hits the, the screens and knocks herself out somehow. But we also see, like, wait a minute, why is she so strong that she can knock out a whole screen or whatever? And this is, you know, we already know this or whatever. This is leading us up to Inferno. Now, Brother Beavis, when did you read this group of books? Like, were you still reading this in reverse? I I think I was. Um, yeah, I think I was. I think you know it's you really have to be an adult and pay attention to pick up all these threads mm-hmm. um i mean it, it's hard and particularly i think in reverse it's hard to put it all together i mean because at best you go back and go oh that does seem kind of familiar but yeah mm-hmm. no this is the typical claremont groundwork um as to what this would become i'm I'm looking forward to reading Inferno again because I'm not sure I understood it the first time. So yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, you ain't the only yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and Inferno is a little bit different from like Fall of the Mutants because I think there is more of a crossover there. Like Fall yeah, of the Mutants and Mutant Massacre, they were mm-hmm. it happened in all the books, but the characters didn't interact with each other. And Inferno is now where you start to have these big events. Yeah, and it crosses over right. a lot into X Factor um, mm-hmm. because of oh, the yeah. relationship between Jean and Madeline. Sam, man, did you read these like kind of you? I mean, you always said that you mm-hmm. kind of came back into these books on the the latter part of it, right? Right, right, yeah, and um, um, and no, um, um, no, um, uh, God, I'm a <laughs> tongue tied. Mark Silvestri, his artwork was one of the reasons I came back. You were uh, talking about him earlier, but his yeah, he is right, uh, drawing his ass off. And he's books for one thing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, damn, this artwork is the shit. And you know, and mm-hmm. I had already I was already back before this when um the Fall of the Mutants. Um right after the you know, shoot, probably early two hundreds, you know, I was back and I stayed with it because of his artwork was one was so good and crazy as the stories were, they were still, you know, keeping me entertained. So right. yeah. I didn't know exactly I, what the hell was going on, but yeah, I I stayed through this whole uh, this whole these are books that I went these are books that I went back and had to collect back in the day, um, yeah. you know, bit by bit, uh, piece of mail. I mean, some of them even might be those, you know, the X-Men classic because I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, afford the uh, the other book. And, you know, it it, mm-hmm. it still read or then it read kind of weird. And to be honest with you, I kind of skipped over a lot of these books and Inferno as well to get to like kind of 250 and beyond because that's kind of when I really started to um, get back into collecting. But, 
Um, yeah, I'm just kind of reading this now. It's just like, oh, this is a filler story. In terms of what's going to happen after it, it is a total three-issue filler. Um, but it's a good one, though, you know, because you get a chance to get a villain that you're all familiar with. And, you know, there's nothing like beating up robots and uh, monsters <laughs> because you can unleash Wolverine, which we'll get to here a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Justice League yeah, season yeah. one, we're looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the the gentleman who survived the attack, um, he's making his way in Denver back to his apartment. He doesn't know he's been implanted with a brood egg, um, but other people do. And he goes back into his apartment, and the jig is up. Or Colossus is there, and Colossus has made another uniform change. Now he's just panties and boots. Um, Straight <laughs> up. I actually thought that was kind of practical, yeah, because he's always tearing up his outfits anyway. So I was like, yeah, he's got some drawers and some pants. Their question is, does he have the magical blue pants as part of this? (laughs) (laughs) He can't can't really change back, so. Yeah. Oh, this is, Um, yeah. So, yeah, so they're like, hey, man, you you need some help. Dude gets super strong and hulks up and starts throwing people and everybody away. Psylocke is sort of useless in this regard sometimes, too, because oh, she's not that a ninja. I thought this was a Teen Titans crossover. I thought that was Raven. <laughs> Man, change the color, it won't be Raven, yeah. Yeah, it's not that far off. Um, mm-hmm. And so he takes out two X-Men, and he's like, Man, I don't know what's going on. I'm on the go. How did I pick that dude up? <laughs> Havoc is out there again. I got it in my notes here. Um, Havoc and Colossus is acting like some hoes. Um, if if you um, like if new. you like Cyclops because he's a bitch about his powers, you would oh, love God. Havoc. Havoc <laughs> is even worse than Cyclops. <laughs> Cyclops will get stuff done, man. He's hemming and hawing and oh, like, oh, I can't, I can't shoot him. Oh, I'll kill him. I'll shoot him. Oh God, useless fucker. Yeah, his redemption story Do does something. come, but yeah, it it yeah, it's really bad. Eventually, I was just like, bad. man, come on. I mean, Colossus is the same way. Who's already fought initially? Had already fought the Brood before, yeah, so you know, and he almost died. Like they, well, that was death. Oh yeah, stuck that thing through his heart. But I mean, still, he he knows like how bad they are. So yeah, and, he, he was, you know, very, you know, I don't know. And and Colossus has kind of changed over the course of these books since the the, yeah. the mutant massacre and since yeah, Marauder thing too. So he's yeah, gotten a little bit that. harder. And yeah, he broke that dude's neck. Not gonna take yeah. out these monsters. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know why he's yeah. What well, his deal I, is? I think isn't. here he just he you know clearly by his Russian dialogue he got surprised. <laughs> Um, by this guy just <laughs> lifted him up like yeah, Tony Atlas and threw before. him out the window. Yeah. Boshimo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bull. No. Yeah. He he gets offense in this. He starts yeah, he does. later breaking checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, later. Later. The comic book battle ensues. Everybody's, you know, doing what they can because they're not 100%. They think it, they know he's a brood, but they, he's in his human form, so they don't want to hurt him and whatnot. But Wolverine's like, no, bump that. That dude is dead. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as that thing happened, I smelt, I smelt it on him. He is dead. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Nick, I'm sure. He is dead. Like, we need to kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> what you mean? Like the book? Yes, I'm sure. Literally. Like literally, the book ends on like a four-panel dialogue of basically uh, him, her, and Col- or her and Wolverine and Storm. Like, yeah, no, this has to stop now. Like, we yeah. gotta get this like over and immediately. Um, and the funny thing is, like, they never even references Storm's 
freaking weirdo transformation when she had the brood egg and rescued the starfish oh, whale. Oh, that's right. Like, they don't even wow. reference it, because I think, I, I think the drugs had finally worn off. <laughs> I mean, because maybe they knew at that point in time that that was maybe not the greatest story to tell at that time. Just a side topic. Could you imagine had we asked him, Sandman, to explain that at MegaCon? Oh, Could you oh, explain Jesus. the, um, the whale fish thing? And that? <laughs> He'd be like, what is there to explain? Wasn't it perfectly clear in the comic book? I mean, <laughs> oh, and then he would have spent the next half hour explaining just, you know, the half hour. behind us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, half I'm hour. Yeah, because yeah, Man. dude. Yeah, you can you can. Well, this is kind of going back a little bit, but like when we were at Comic Con in the panel, man, dude just breaks it down ridiculously. I mean, I and I kind of just was nodding, it's like, oh, well, this is why. That's where all that dialogue came from. Now it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it all yeah. makes perfect sense when you're hearing perfect talk. sense. You talk to him. Talk to him. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So that's the end of issue two thirty two. Wolverine headed out essentially into the shadows to go find this and. When they finally get near the end, he he, just, he pulls a uh, he pulls a Winter Soldier on the dude. Uh, oh. He pulls him out the car. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls him out the van, man. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't kill him. He's just on the run, and it ends in it ends in I I called it a, a West Side Story panel at the end. <laughs> like we're all, all right. all the brood are in the yeah. alley. I'm waiting for him to be like brood, straight up gang fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's <laughs> it's really all them hanging there, and you know, the other part that I had in my note here was Rogue is kind of useless in this. Who shouldn't be against the brood? Mm-hmm. She should actually be one of the best ones, and she should be the strongest one against them. No, yeah, not at all. yeah, this is our first time though, right? Yeah, uh, facing the brood, yeah. Yeah, she didn't go up against them the first time because she wasn't on the team. But, right. yeah, it's it's not a good look. But, yeah, so, I mean, standard comic book battle. Wolverine does make a kill on another brood, uh, a police officer, no less. And everybody's like, you lost your mind. Like, I'm telling you, they're broods. <laughs> I smell them. Stop stopping me from killing people, you know. Yeah. And, again, Sylvester's drawing Wolverine, money in the bank, people. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, he's so freaking yeah. awesome. Oh my god! Like you can tell, like why this dude wound up leaving and top cowing or whatever because he was. I mean, he was just on the money, man. So yeah, just great artwork, yeah. a great yeah. little story for two thirty-two, and it ends on the hip, the freaking uh, West Side Story cliffhanger. <laughs> any issue, any thoughts on two thirty-two before we get to two thirty-three, brother Beavis? Um, no, the it's the. I have some thoughts on 233 in particular, but 232 is just like, you know, the setup for what's to come. And so, you you know, if you're thinking it's, oh, it's the brood and they implant and this and that, so now we're going to mm-hmm. find out there's more to it. There, I would also say I think this is the introduction of the X-Men an- animated series Storm costume. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So right. So they're starting. To, we're starting to get into some of the you know the the iconic Storm imagery. So. Well, and Dazzlers yeah. haven't, and that this is yeah. right. This should be before uh, Pride of the X Men as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see that outfit uh, for Dazzler as well. Yeah, long shot. Didn't we haven't talked to her at all, but she's um, you know, there's a like a lot of video games. There's usually a character that's like a blaster that can do damage and can't take any damage. And that's definitely yeah. her. Like she's <laughs> like 
I got this laser. I got this photon. But oh, yeah. I just, like fell and yeah, she's like she gets taken out. Like she can take people out, but she gets taken out a lot. Yeah, I think she doesn't finish the long shot series. By the way, ooh, yeah, oh. we're pulling up two thirty three. Go ahead and give a, a hundred. It doesn't be late on that. Like it doesn't really explain anything other than he is this. He's this uh, engineered sort of. Like so, in Mojo World, they they wanted to create this nightmare race of people, and for the night uh, the nightmare for the spineless Mojo people was humans because they were terrified of like the human form. So they created all these basically human-looking slaves to be either slaves or on the television programming or whatever. And mm-hmm. one of the architects of that race infused Longshot with this will to to save everybody. So. It doesn't say what, like, his – so it starts off, and he's just – like, he's been progressively mind-wiped, and he doesn't really know what his true story is, and they really don't get into it. And then he's introduced in the X-Men in an annual. They just – they go to Mojo World, and he gets dropped in them, and then he just stays with them. That, that's mm-hmm. it. It doesn't okay. make any more sense than that. Crazy. Yeah. And, and again, my understanding is he's actually not a mutant, right? He's just a, no. like a – No, he's, he's a mutant life form. Yeah, you, know, you, you can make the argument that of all the of of people that are similar to him, he's slightly different. So, mm-hmm. like you know, much in the same way, Namor is a mutant because he's not like other Atlanteans. But mm-hmm. beyond that, no, not really. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. He sucks. I mean, the fact that he's still <laughs> gone out of these books 30 years later is probably yeah. not a coincidence. Yeah, that's um, and, and not only that, but, you know, they had, he and Dazzle were in the book for so long. And then at the uh, at the Blue Gold Split, they just kind of disappear. disappear. And there's like yeah. one more story with them, but they don't even really mm-hmm. say what's up with that. And I just, they just, they really did just go away. Yeah. I mean, in, it's not the, I mean, Dazzler's back in the current continuity a little bit. Um, I know she was a, a good part of the X-Men versus the Inhuman story, but for the most part, I mean, I, nobody cares about Dazzler. I mean, that's I think that's very, very fairly safe to say. Um, and then except nobody definitely cares about Longshot. Yeah, except, except Big, Hush, Big He's got all those books. Yep. Missed the podcast, you get clowns. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's tenant number one. All right. So, all right. So, two thirty-three, and it's saying that the books are out two week, uh, two times, two on sale two times a month. And I wasn't collecting at the time. I was just kind of curious as to why they were back to two times a month uh, at this particular point. Um, They're trying to get that money, son. Yeah, get that yeah. money. It was very interesting that Mark Silvestri was able to get out um, two books a month there. But he was impossible to try to get out one book every six months uh, when he was working independently. But whatever. That was before, you know. that was before he got imagitis. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Look, man, sometimes the slave overlord is a good idea. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Joey Maggiore, I'm still waiting on Battle Chasers number seven. All right? It's only been 15 years. All right. Anyway. So uh, if this two thirty two ended on, um, we might need to do like an image number one podcast. I'm pretty sure I have most of those number one somewhere in this house. I know I don't. Uh, I was never nah. a fan. Yeah, I, uh, I can't. I, nah, I, mean, I didn't go side, side topic. Yeah. I'm, I came to hate just about every person that came out of that. At least on the the break off run, from Jim Jim Lee to Liefeld to even to Mark Lyfeld. Silvestri a little bit. Definitely life, but uh, well, yeah, so much, no. yeah, whole another podcast. 
right. Anyway. So 233, you have this battle Roth about to open up right there with all the brood are there um, and about to have the battle out of um, West Side Story. Um, And then it just goes into classic comic book battle stuff. Everybody's going around. Everybody gets a chance to use their powers. Everybody gets a little bit of offense here and there. My first note for 233, though, um, two notes, Colossus and Havoc still being bitches. And then two, um, (laughs) the brood villains have seemed awful names. (laughs) The worst part is they have to say it before they can do anything. (laughs) Brick back. Brick back. Yeah, when I saw that. Because I hit like a brick in a bat. Yeah, he even explains it. Yeah, it's awful, dude. That's precious. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Um, And then what <laughs> was some of the other ones? Temptress, tension. Um, it's just really, really bad. Um, and they're doing their best to kind of take control of them. My my thing dive is, is that Rogue, yeah, a dive bomber, yeah. Rogue and Tyler oh, get taken out really early in this, and they get um, uh, kind of like mind control. So I have mm-hmm. no idea why they didn't implant them though. Yeah, like well, because there, yeah. Plane, there are no Akanti around to. To reverse the process, so mm. Mm. noted. <laughs> <laughs> noted. Um, so yeah, uh, Havoc is still being a hoe. But if I shoot him, I'll kill him with my my powerful glass. I don't want to. How would yeah. you live this long? I mean, good lord, how but how bitch made you got to be? Good grief. Yeah, I know. So yeah, nope. it's just um, yeah, it, it's just bad. Um, and then again, Rogue gets touched uh, by a brood thing, and then she winds up getting taken over. And then they're both going after Wolverine. Now, this is Wolverine where he actually does show some restraint. Like, man, how do I hurt them without killing them? And the fact yeah. that he does uh, restrain himself winds up him getting kind of beat down a little bit, and winds up him getting implanted with a brood egg again. But how did the brood not know that that wasn't going to work out? Because it didn't work out the first time. Well. Maybe mm. they were just convinced to try and redeem their greatest defeat. <laughs> That's Maybe all I got. somebody forgot seventy issues ago that this shit didn't work the first time. Well, this is a but it's a sure mutant memory. egg now. It's a who? A mutant a mutant, egg? a mutant brood egg, though. Sure. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> podcast, but nigga, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, push the comic book logic on this one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, yeah. It's because comics. I mean, and I get yeah. that. Um, but the other shift in this book goes to this, and this is really random as hell. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the payoff is because there has to be a payoff somewhere because Claremont wouldn't do this without a payoff. The other payoff mm-hmm. is, or random thing is there's this big freaking Jesus revival thing going on in Denver at the same yes. time. Yeah, Pastor William and his congregation. Pastor William loves the mutants, um, and well, well, he doesn't want them to be discriminated against. Love might be strong. He doesn't want them to be dim- the discriminated against, and they're having this big revival in Denver, um, and they're going to mm-hmm. come together here as we go through the book. But does anybody remember what the payoff is for this? Because there has to be something that goes after this based on the fact that, you know, a brood is obviously implanted into his wife of some sort by, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. by one of the other people there. So is it, you remember the payoff for this? Anybody? 
The only the uh, next time, to my knowledge, the next time the uh, brood appear is like X Men Nine after the split, but with <clears> the crossover with Ghost Rider. Okay. I think I think uh-huh. this was just the setup that the brood could be on Earth, and so mm-hmm. they didn't have to have a mm-hmm. flying shark at the start of the next brood story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the magic okay. shark's going to get old after a while, I guess. But yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember this guy or his wife ever being heard from again. No, I don't either. Um, uh, Pastor William. And, I mean, it's just a weird, like, it's, I mean, it's it's so freaking random. Oh, meanwhile, yeah. there's a church revival. What? Wait, what? You yeah. know, I mean, the characters haven't been introduced other than in here. They're, I mean, it's just weird. And his wife has the arthritis. Uh, that's how black yeah. people, by the way, say it. The arthritis, not arthritis. The arthritis. Yeah, also, we're, all yeah. black people also have don't have diabetes. They have sugar. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got sugar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the battle is raging on on the outs in the city of Denver, I would say, and then this, this pastor's thing is out on the outskirts of town. And then, again, we got the comic book battle, dive bomber. Can we talk about Storm um, lifting up a whole goddamn plane? Um, Where did that power come from? Yeah. Um, Yeah. What is her her, uh, (laughs) power in the game? Amazing? Maybe? Well, (laughs) incredible. I guess we could say that uh, her depowering and her repowering got her over the hump of, like, not – being able to control her emotions and her powers, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. she has complete control over the weather, which has made her stronger. Okay, maybe. Makes you love me. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just didn't. I was like, wait, okay, dude, she just literally lifted a whole plane, like a, a, a flying plane, no less, like off the ground, you know, prevented it from crashing. I'm like, all right. And then no uh, as a part I, of well, that, in too, theory, to be fair, I think in theory, all she has, since the wings are still intact, all she has to do is develop, is to apply it. as much thrust yeah. as the jet, the, the jet engines would. And I feel comfortable in asserting that she has jet engine blowing powers. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, well, as a part of that, too, um, I needed to say that Wolverine's healing factor has gotten to be out of control, not out of control, but probably more in relation to what we're used to, too. Um, he's mm-hmm. healing from things, you know, he's I mean, getting ahead of the book or whatever. He's going to be healing from things very quickly, whereas, remember, in the Mutant Massacre, he was struggling to get healed. He was laying out, and he was all laid out in this thing in Dallas as well. So, um, yeah. The third mm-hmm. shift in the book is back to Madeline Pryor. Um with the mm. trees and the bunnies and the flowers, but it's very yeah. short-lived. Uh, I posted this last night on Twitter, uh, the picture of, like, Cyclops, uh, where we're getting to this really kind of it seems to be a cocaine or LSD-infused <laughs> scene as well. Um, I was like, even in dreams, Cyclops is also a dick. <laughs> he can't even. Nobody not even in a dream. It, it is, but basically, he's having... Yeah, she's having a dream about her perfect life. Uh, Gateway is like, yeah, your life isn't perfect. Let me show you this other reality. And uh, from the ashes comes Jean Grey. And the Cyclops is like, oh, yeah, by the way, that's my real boo. My bad. So I'm going to take everything from you. Like, oh, not just like snatches off her wig. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some jack talk. That's just a wig on her. And mind like you, this was before uh, wig snatching was a thing. So maybe actually, yeah, this is like early nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Cyclops is on your wig like Cyclops on Marilyn Pryor, bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> Snatching was a thing, so Tricops was an innovator in that regard. <laughs> OG. Yeah. But then the thing is, it went the other panel, too. He was like, yeah, nope, can't have the baby either. Give me him, too. Yep. yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No bitey. I was like, this poor lady, no wonder she went to the dark side. So he takes oh, everything from her, from her lips to her eyes to her face, and then just le- and puts it on Jean Grey, and it just leaves her as a blank, naked mannequin in the middle of the street, and during the forest. And he's just like, "Yeah, it was wrong of me to turn. You know, I felt like someone had ripped out my heart when Jean died. It was wrong of me to turn to you to take her place. I never meant to hurt you. That's guy talk for you. Well, I don't really give a yeah. shit. I never meant to hurt you, but once I discovered Jean was alive, I had to go back to her. I'll never lose her again. And he should have added." Bye, bitch. Um, <laughs> That's pretty much what he just did to her. That's first. basically what he just said, but he didn't say yeah. it. And so, boom, he leaves her. She's a freaking empty mannequin. What are you, when you, I read this, I read this twice because we were supposed to do this podcast a while ago. So I read this thing. I read it again last night. What did you think of this scene, Brother Beavis, when you read it as an adult? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on, why Gateway is involved. Uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what Gateway has to do with this, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's I think Kyle, this is all the setup for Inferno, and I don't know. Yeah, like, that's all it is. Yeah. I think it reaches a point where somehow all this machinery that she's involved with is actually somehow some Infernal machine. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. This is, yeah, it looks I mean, strange. I mean, it, again, it was probably induced by, like, LSD or cocaine or something, some sort of hallucinogen, uh, because it's such a weird scene. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, this, I mean, yeah. I know what they're trying to set up, but just overall, it's just like, what in the world were you thinking here? So, yeah, <laughs> just a weird scene. And it gets weirder, actually, when it comes back in 233 or 234 mm-hmm. uh, back in Denver. The battles rages on, and then finally, finally, Havoc gets off his, puts his big boy pants on, and it's like somebody's got the drop on Storm, and he's like, "No!" And he shoots out his blast, and he kills uh, what dive bomber? Yeah, uh, whoever. Uh, sure, yeah, uh, sure. Finally, what what do you think finally brought? I mean, not because Storm was obviously in trouble, and they were going to implant her with the brood queen egg or whatever, but I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that make Cyclops a cooler character, Sandman? Does it make Cyclops a cooler character? Or not, sorry, Havoc. But did it make, did it make right. Havoc a cooler character? It's easy to mix them up. But do you think that yeah. made Havoc a cooler character? Because when well, he, not, not, he gets not, the leading X-Factor, he's very cool. Yeah, yeah. They kind of redeem him at that. At this point, he's just, oh, God, he minds so much. I mean, he, I don't think it makes him cooler. I think it makes him finally just functional. Because dude's got to do something. Because all because that, that's one of the running jokes. He's so powerful because he, uh, what is it, plasma? He, he, he's a blaster, uh, just like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. He's got immense power and he never really uses it against um, uh, really uh, big uh, threats with the X Men face. He's constantly getting taken out by him. So he finally mm-hmm. uses lethal force against somebody, you know, and 
Then he whines about it like a dog can <laughs> see <laughs> for, a, for a little boy. Like even when uh, Storm's trying to tell him, like, dude, he's going to kill us. He's going to kill you. And you had to, did what you had to do, and he's still freaking kneeling and and moaning about it. So I don't know. I, maybe they're trying to establish his character some more. But yeah, did it make him cooler, cooler, brother Beaver? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and they kind of they kind of like turn him into a bitch like on the next slide, on the next page because yeah. he's yeah. like, oh, he's human now. They're like. So yeah, yeah. Like, what, what's the difference? <laughs> he wasn't a minute ago. I'm like, yeah. I, I just don't see like why could you not hit him in the leg or the wing? I mean, he shot old boy right in the chest. Um, yeah, where? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I. It doesn't really make no. Okay. But yeah, but, but, but again, Colossus, he does. Colossus does look cooler on this page. Yeah, he does. Well, yeah, the next yeah. book he does as well. But also too, like I said, um. You know, he does make this kill, but by the time he gets to be the leader of X-Factor, he's like, mm-hmm. I've always I've always equated Havoc and X-Factor, kind of, they did the same thing to, um, like, Hawkeye when Hawkeye was leading the, um, the Thunderbolt. Yeah. yeah. Like, you took this person uh, who was clearly, I mean, with Hawkeye, it was like, you know, kind of second banana to Cap, and then Havoc was second banana to his brother. But they really mm-hmm. just made him like a leading character, leading, you know, the leader of a team, and it made him so cool, and Havoc was that way for X-Factor. Um, well, his major storyline is coming up where when once they do actually go yeah. to Siege Perilous, then right. he goes to Genosha and he's Genosha, like the yeah. leader of their mutant army yeah, be, for a long time. Yeah, he, be, yeah, he becomes an enemy actually um, for a while until all that all that mess gets settled finally. Yeah, because so, it's a while. Okay. All right, so yeah, so and then the book kind of ends on a yeah. Colossus does do that thing where he kills somebody like straight up and then throws well, the carcass at everybody. Yeah. This is yeah. sort of a throwback to where he gets his ass beat by um, Gladiator in the Phoenix Saga, where they, oh, the rebel yeah, falls on him and oh, he right. gets dragged out. So he this yeah. guy, now he's finally dragging Brickbat out. So. Yeah. yeah, it is Brickbat though. Just you said you had something to say about 233, Brother Beavis. Yeah, just the main thing was the names. Like, I mean, this this was like some Super Friends action where they had to, like, say their names before they could do everything. I think that's, like, one 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 of the good things about modern comics is that they usually start with like the roster on the first page and the backstory, so like to you know to catch you up and show you who's going to be in there, so they don't have to artificially say everybody's names. I, right. I, I think that's maybe one of the good things that's that's going on now, as opposed to everybody have to say their power, say their name before they can use yeah. their powers. Mm-hmm. You should be called Mystique. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no comment. No. Oh God. So yeah. So in two weeks, the next issue is 234. I try to pull my appy up here. Don't do this to me now. We are Don't do it to me. podcast this week. Well, yeah, I know. I, I jinxed myself by saying I told y'all I was going to jinx myself when I did it. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. For y'all that don't know, I told myself, hey, my app is working perfectly fine, and I mm-hmm. totally jinxed myself. Um, <laughs> oh, I, the first note I had on there was this is trying to pull up. Uh, I had uh, – 234, maybe greatest X-Men cover ever? Yeah. It's, no. it's a good cover. It's a good cover. It's uh, Yeah? I think it's classic. 
I'm looking. I'm trying to remember the Ever. last. The wasn't what was. I think the one where Wolverine's all cut up from the brood isn't. The, he has a cover like that. I think that's better than this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, I think this was. It's coming up, or maybe we already did it. The one where he's uh, strapped to like the crucifix X. No, oh, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, yeah. that's a big one too. And we um, were sitting here. I was thinking about there's in the Extinction Agenda. I believe there's a cover with like. Cyclops and Havoc blasting each other. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. I don't know. Best cover of all time. That's that's a pretty high mark. I don't. I don't know. Well, it's, it yeah. is um, very recognizable uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've I think we've all probably been to a comic book store and seen that book behind the the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, encased yeah. in glass or whatever, because it just looks so cool. And it might not be. Yeah. It might just be someplace to push it. You know, because it does look so cool. Um, but the battle mm-hmm. continues, and we do get Dazzler um, fighting in a diner in Denver, and she sucks. <laughs> I mean, look, can we just can we just get it out there, like already? Like this, this Dazzler sucks, and she does it, the fact that she can have power at, or does have power at times. She still doesn't want to use it at certain times. Um, she's com- constantly complaining about, oh, well, can anything be easy with this team? I mean, she's just not a very likable character at this moment. And I'm not sure if she was ever a likable character at all, but she's definitely not likable in these moments. Um, and again, besides Big Hutch liking them, I don't think anybody else cares for Dazzler, at least not on this podcast. So, um, not good. Does anybody want to explain the kissing couple scene? Like, is this just some artist shit? No. Or Chris Claremont no, stuff? It's just uh, Tem- attempted it comedy. It's just, it's just comedy. Yeah, that's thing. Yeah. She's, she's fighting spitball. Um, is the character that she's That's fighting. his name, really? And blind, and oh, blind side. And blind yeah. side. Yeah, that sounds like an Autobot. <laughs> like, or maybe a Decepticon, I don't know. But, uh, it's just terrible. It's just yeah. terrible. Uh, I mean, again, whatever. So, yeah, so there's there's the fight that's going on. Longshot makes the Robert Gibson save. And mm-hmm. then when the gets to drop mm-hmm. on him, Colossus comes in, and Colossus is like, hey, stop calling me a hoe, uh, producer. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. <laughs> like, you know what and you because, do. Yeah, and he's straight snapping necks now. Uh, so, again, Colossus done got hard, you know, that's about all time. he had to do. Yeah, I mean, it is about time. I mean, really. I mean, I mean come on. He's the most yeah. physically powerful person there. He's fought the brood before. He should know above anybody besides Wolverine and Storm that these people ain't to be messed with, whether they're in human form or otherwise. If you suspect mm-hmm. that that person is brood, you need to snap their necks. There is no other solution. Wolverine and Storm yeah. explained it at the end of 232. Like, there is and no his, other solution. Like, we need to do this. And his, his first case of statutory rape is because of the brood. I mean, yeah. you got that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think about how long we've been doing this podcast, back to the Secret Wars podcast, oh, <laughs> and, right. how and how awful that whole situation with Zazie was. Oh, if you haven't yeah. listened to those podcasts, it was hard. It was hard go to back and do it. it. Yeah, please go back and do it. Uh, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, anyway. So yeah, so uh, there's there's just killing of brood everywhere. Storm gets a kill as well. Um, everything's going to that, and then we get the second shift in the book is back to this thing with Madeline Pryor, um, freaking Claremont still dropping acid, and 
we, you know, we get this scene with, I think it was it Simney or Simmy or something like that. Yeah. Sim, where he explains all of this information to, I I can't explain it. Brother Beavis, can you explain it, what he's trying to tell her? This is a dream, but it's not a dream. Uh, He's explaining that she has these different personalities to herself, but which one is which, and he takes like a blood sample. And then, I mean, the money shot is that you get a a picture of her laid out in a Goblin Queen outfit. Uh, My thing was like, I hope she had on some dental dam or something with that drawing because um, we got very close to getting some coochie there. Very close. (laughs) Yeah. See, <laughs> the first time that, uh, in 192 podcasts that Dental Dam has also been brought up yeah. on this podcast. Just let everybody I feel like I feel like I'm going to have to read Inferno and then go look at this again to understand what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, even after weird. that, I mean, I, yeah, I, I still don't know what's going on. I, I'm guessing that, you know, and first of all, Sim is like magic's subordinate demon uh, boy from uh, um, was formerly what Belasco's realm and she took it over. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I, I don't know where even, even he came from and why he's here. So there was, there was an launched. event uh, after. So one of the filler episodes between this and fallen mutants was um, with magic. Who's now gone through the full dark child transformation mm-hmm. is Sim right. is trying to get her to summon dark magic so that then somehow he can take over limbo or some shit like that. Um, so he's, mm-hmm. he's at least, uh, vying for power of limbo at this point mm-hmm. in the story. Okay. Maybe it's got something to do with that. Then. Yeah, yeah. But he starts off, he's Belasco's bitch and he's sort of like Belasco's muscle. But then once Ileana takes over limbo, then he's, then she rules limbo. So he does her bidding for a while. Um, but for whatever reason, like they're adversarial at this point in the story. I've been trying mm-hmm. to read that, but yeah, I'd rather read Longshot than read Good Mutants. It's so bad. So bad. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was like your favorite book, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nobody's. Yeah. Nobody's <laughs> and the Longshot and the uh, New Mutants movie will be coming to a theater near you, by the way. Yeah, have fun with that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so. The other shift scene is back to Denver. Um, to make a longer story short, um, he's out there apostolizing, uh, uh, preaching, and the battle comes to this area here. Um, there's a big fight and a battle there. Um, Wolverine gets thrown to the ground uh, in a very hard way, but again, his mutant power starts to take like almost immediate hold. After the, it says that meteors have hit the ground. Uh, with less force, <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, I could see where his bones didn't break, but the fact that he's up two panels later up and fighting or whatever, I was like, I guess his, you know, his his healing factor is really, really working very well. Um, I did have a note here about the brew driving in the car, brother Beavis. That looks like one of our New Year's Eve nights. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, for, <laughs> for real? Damn. Seriously, we can change the names, but look at look at this, man. Uh, Alan, he got Rogue tried to kill him in return. Oh, <laughs> brainless bimbo. I mean, you could really just substitute the names. But anyway, yeah. um, things don't work out. They run into Colossus. He's killing everybody again. 
Yeah, um, I try to <laughs> I try to block out New Year's and that one. I yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, as well. yeah, we, it's not good. Um, there's yeah, a reason there's a we're grown men doing a comic book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not a chance event that we're here today. There's a series of bad decisions that have led us to this moment. <laughs> That's a little harsh. <laughs> That's a little harsh. It's also, you know, I'm not saying she should he should have killed her, but I understand. I understand exactly what she's saying. Um, Dazzler does get a chance to hit a kill shot, uh, but she's like, but if I hit Storm, I'll kill her. I'm like, really? Oh, but, uh, it's just the female havoc. Yeah, it is a little bit, but yeah. But back to the preaching. Yeah, so Wolverine struggles on the stage after he's been thrown to the ground. Uh, the pastor, she feels him. He thinks he's got the power to cast out this demon that's inside of him. There's some great artwork here, by the way, uh, by Mark Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, you know, and somehow he's able to, or Wolverine's healing factor is able to expel the, you know, get rid of the, the brood egg. And he goes back to normal, and then there's another chance for Havoc to kill again. And he's like, "Well, do it once, do it again, I guess." You know, like he didn't even feel it the next time. And like I look said, at his, I think, look at his bitch face. Yeah, yeah. he was oh, sad. God, it is such yeah, a bitch face. Yeah, you know, I mean, Havoc is sad, man. He doesn't like killing people, but well, yeah, it, it's no, it's no. He bitch. did kill him though, so I, I guess I good. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, but in in being in his bitch face, he almost gets killed by another freaking yeah. rude person, and Longshot has to make the Robert <laughs> get sick in. Um, and he had to take off his vest, Jerry Lawler style, and swing. Yeah, in. Jerry Lawler style. Uh, <laughs> side topic. Uh, we just saw him at the con or whatever. Yeah, he was much more affordable than the Nature Boy. That's all yeah. we can say. Um, yeah. So anyway, the the story starts to wrap up with. The brew, the final brew dude, the the original one from the story, the paramedic. He's on stage. He's got the pastor's wife. He's gonna like kill her or whatever. Wolverine pulls him down from the back of the stage and is like, "Look, man, I don't know what's going on, dude. I swear." He goes complete like you know white victim. I I, I don't know nothing about nothing, man. I'm everything cool, whatever. And Wolverine's like, "Yeah, no, snick, and kill him." <laughs> and you know, which is awesome and great. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love is. that panel. I love that panel. Yeah. yeah, from the pull down, you know, he's got yeah. this freaking Freddy Krueger pulling him through the door in the original Nightmare movie there. Um, just yank <laughs> and then kill, and it's perfect. You know, in the past, for all the like, times he's, he's popped the claws or the two claws and done this move, and it's just for show. You yeah. Know, finally just does it. Yeah. And it's cold, too. It's cold. Yeah, and then the pastor's like, do I have healing powers? Like, I, you know, has the Lord blessed me or whatever? No. Because his wife is not dealing with her um, her arthritis anymore because she's been healed or whatever. Or at least he thinks he's been healed. But it's actually the brood paramedic that was working with our original brood paramedic. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those types of scenes. Now, Trish Tilby shows up in this, who is the essentially the mutant reporter. I think that mm-hmm. she also used to date Angel as well. Beast. 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 Okay, yeah. So she's there. I, I know she was in X Factor a little bit more, but she does show yeah. up in this with her um, Katie Couric haircut. Um, and then the book kind of finally turns on the final panel is Madeline Pryor laid out in blood back at the uh, the Australian complex as everybody's headed back. Uh, Wolverine does try to give Havoc some props about um, killing. You did good. Why? Because I killed? You did what had yeah. to be done. 
and that's supposed to make me feel proud? Yeah, nigga. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you should feel proud about that. You saved a whole bunch yeah. of people. But he doesn't. Yeah, stop, cause he's, stop lying. Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's straight Charlie Brown, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Um, it is what it is. So, yeah, so that's it. And that book, like I said, it ends with Madeline Pryor all laid out there. Um, overall, what do you think, you know, with the return of the brood saying, man, what do you think of that? I mean, the um, three books overall, I think it was a very uh, pretty good uh, story considering it's kind of filler, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Minus the, the thing with Madeline, I didn't understand it like 20 years ago when I read this shit, and <laughs> I just damn mm-hmm. sure don't understand it now. Uh what you were talking about earlier when um, Cyclops in the fever dream she has kind of strips her down. That shit is cold now. When I read it, I was like, God damn. <laughs> I read that again. That kind of struck me. It's like, well, no wonder this bitch hates him so much. So, yeah. I kind of understood that a little more now. <laughs> yeah, I I think Brother Beavis has said on a previous podcast, is like, you know, looking back, reading this Cyclops stuff, maybe he was just a dick always and we just didn't see it. <laughs> I yeah. think that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing, yeah. Yeah. So, Brother Beavis, um, like, what do you think, you know, 20 years later, what's that look like, uh, you know, the return of the brood? Uh, like, like I said, I think it, it was so much work to bring him into the story back when they first brought him in. I really think this was this was just a move to sort of make it so they were available. I don't think they – ultimately, mm-hmm. they didn't end up using him a whole lot, but I think it was just to sort of get him a little bit more accessible. And it, it I don't know if this is like a – you know, a change in the creative team or, you know, that the, they needed this or because they went to the biweekly or whatever. But, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a solid three-issue kind of story arc that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they advance the main story and this just sort of, you know, brings in. I, it's a perfectly serviceable story with some good action. Um, you know, trying to, you know, they haven't, this, this doesn't sort of establish much of what they were going for as far as this strike team out of Australia that can teleport mm-hmm. into trouble and stuff like that. But, right. you know, it's, it's, it's good. Okay. It's kind of thinking, you know, about tying it into, like, the movies or whatever. You know, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing for the X-Men movies and Fox to take, a like, an X-Men story and have, like, an alien invasion to see everybody use their powers and those types of things and fight as a team as opposed to just having Wolverine hack and slash or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, instead mm, of yeah. constantly be fighting against other mutants, you know, having the team come together to fight against a, a menace in their universe where the, where the Avengers would show up, which is kind of like how it is in the comic books, it wouldn't be, like, the worst thing. And you couldn't get a better-looking villain that people could cheer against than the brute. You know, instead of retelling right. a Phoenix story or retelling, you know, whatever, another Magneto story. It's just like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's a, an established villain that people know that would look great on film that they could come back, you know, their Chitari to come back and beat up and, you know, and get everybody get offense on and have a story behind it. But I think the danger would be it would look derivative of the alien. Alien, exactly. Which I was is a total rip-off of yeah. the aliens. Well, it is a total rip-off yeah, of aliens. it is. But, I mean, you, you could redesign them. But I, I, mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. All right. Yeah. So, that is 232 to 234. Our other little topic here, I guess two weeks ago now, as a part of X Resurrection, they brought uh, another team. So they <laughs> well, there was X Men Blue and X Men Go, which we reviewed on a previous podcast, um, mm-hmm. and then we re kind of reacquainted ourselves with it, kind of at the 
maybe five or six issue points. Mm-hmm. And those are on like issue eight, but then as a part of this reacquaintance, because X Men Blue is the orig- original time time displaced team, X Men Gold is more of like the classic new X Men uh, giant size X Men team, and which is great, you know, you got those two different teams, but then you also have like all the essentially the '90s mutants were all missing from those books. It was like okay, uh, like where's Gambit, where's Psylocke, where's um, uh, uh, Gambit, Rogue. where, you know, yeah, Rogue, like, mm-hmm. where are these people that I kind of, you know, remember from the the X-Men cartoon show, where are those people, and why aren't they in a book, you know, so they're not a part mm-hmm. of, like, the Wolverine thousands of books or whatever, whatever, uh, Weapon X book, and so this is their, their book, which is Astonishing X-Men number one, which came out a couple of weeks ago, um, we're just getting a chance, like I said, to talk about it. Uh, so I know uh, Brother Beavis and I had a chance to read it. Same man's going to catch, catch up here as it goes. So just looking at the cover, Brother Beavis, what did you think about the team? Does that make you want to read this book or no? Um, other than the fact that Old Man Logan is figured prominently, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm not a Phantom X fan yeah. because... Uh, well, for obvious reasons, it sucks. I, yeah. I could I could do without Mystique, but she's a strong mm-hmm. enough character. You know, if this is if this is an attempt to legitimize Jennifer Lawrence's role in future X Men movies, I can't get behind mm-hmm. that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, Bishop, Rogue, Psylocke, Gambit, those yeah. are yeah, those they've been definitely been missing from the X Men books, right? Yeah, the sto- the story centers around uh, an attack on. Uh, telepaths. Um, telepaths are being attacked. Uh, Psylocke winds up getting attacked. You know, we have Psylocke in her, not in her Raven uniform, back into the Ninja <laughs> uniform that we are quite familiar with. And um, she gets attacked. She winds up having to manifest her big butterfly power or whatever. And uh, she sends out a distress call to whichever X-Men that are closest. And so uh, the team is Bishop, Old Man Logan, Rogue, Gamut, Phantom X, uh, Beast lines up there for some reason, and Angel, who is not Archangel anymore. He's powered down back to Angel again. And I'm not sure if I understand why. He doesn't have the flame in yeah. the it, it, it's, it's like he has this. It's like they, they made him sound like the Hulk, like he has to keep Archangel inside. Yeah, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, Archangel God. is not the Hulk. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, and, and you know, and that's the other thing too. It's like nobody gives a damn about freaking art. I know. Like, I know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, trying to make a story where you're going to make him into some version that's cool or that you care about is really kind of that's uh, that's some wishful thinking. Um, Gambit's not in his Jughead uniform, so that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they. <laughs> What do you think about the art in this, Brother Beavis, too? Like, I, I found the cover to be weird because of the faces, but then on the in some, someone on the inside panels, I was like, oh, okay, this looks pretty cool. But well, some of the I, other stuff... I think there's a lot of artists, like Jim Chung, I guess, did the was the penciler, but they had three different anchors and two different uh, oh, colorists. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, wow. There's some of it that's good, like... Um, like particularly the drawing of Bishop is almost like, you know, it's so like angular. 
His face mm. is like his cheekbones. It's almost like Kubert esque. The right. Archangel part's mm. good. I mean, it's some of it's really good. I some of it. Meh. As compared to blue and gold, you know, kind of what you're thinking on this. My thought process is. It's like if you, it depends on when you started reading X Men to me. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're like a, somebody that enjoyed like X Factor, the original X Factor, and you enjoy the old team, you'll probably enjoy X Men Blue, you know, because it'll feed you kind of what you want. And if you're a giant size X Men person, you'll probably enjoy X Men Gold minus the Kitty Pride crap, um, and you'll probably enjoy that book more. I was like, but if you grew up kind of reading the books or not even reading the books and watching the X Men the animated series this is probably the book that you would want to read because it's the characters you're most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also, like, with Gold, you know, you've got, they're really hammering the mutants or the minority story. Um, and with Blue, there's this mystery, mystery of, like, who, what's Magneto's role, and now they've got a new Wolverine in it. This is just yeah. sort of like a straight-up X-Men book where they're doing their, their power team-ups and, uh, you know, they they confront a classic villain at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is just like a straight-up X-Men book. Right. And and I mm-hmm. think that's probably appealed to me more than the two other books. I, think I'm, I mean, just side topic, I'm like completely out of X-Men gold. Like, I can't do the kitty-focused book. It's just not for me. X-Men Blue, uh, yeah, there's a new Wolverine from an alternate ter- uh, reality. So you have a Wolverine essentially on every team, which is just, it's just too much. Like, I and just old, can't take it. Old Man Logan yeah. is on two teams? Oh, he's yeah, on yes, he's, on, he's on Astonishing yeah. and he's on Gold. That makes no as sense. As yeah. And also well, a part of Weapon, and also part of the Weapon uh, X book, too. When they were in the diplomatic, yeah, I shook my head. It's like, why did you do that? Come on. <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, like, why, why fucking kill him off if you're going to put him in every book? Exactly. Like, either, either be done with him or keep him in, but don't be done with him and then bring him back and put him in everything. He's so old, he can't heal, but he's got time to be in four books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make right. any sense. You man. can have an X Men story without somebody with claws and a healing factor. It'll be fine. Right. Well, and this also speaks to what I've been saying since uh, Logan, the movie, came out that does Fox have the nuts, balls, to make Laura the Wolverine, air quotation, of the movies moving forward. And they don't. They do not have the sack to do that. They won't do it because... Not for for that long, no. No, not for at all. That happened in that book, and that, uh, that happened in that movie, and that's all you're going to see of that little girl. Rightfully or wrongly, or however you feel about the character, they do not have the ball sack to be like, you know what, this is our Wolverine moving forward. And even though she has a prominent role in the books, they're not going to be, they won't do it because they don't want to mess with their, the, the franchise because this is why yeah. he's in freaking three different books and a solo. He's got four freaking books out. He's fucking Spider-Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just bad. Uh, but yeah, as Brother Reeves brought up, they do confront a classic X-Men villain. Uh, I kind of was like, eh. There's you know. an interracial kiss in here too. Yeah, you know what? And Bishop is shook too. Like, I, what? I, 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 yeah. yeah, he's like, I assumed as soon as I kissed a white woman, I would be shot in the back. <laughs> Just give me a minute. Like, I'm not used to this. Like, uh, okay. Uh, I don't think Bishop has. I mean, he's probably had in some of these books when I wasn't reading. Like, he's had like a 
romantic relationship with definitely with nobody on the X Men. Uh, well, they were they were they were sort of angling him towards Storm at one point, but that was yeah. just sort of like a little bit of story. That was like a little bit of like tease, just so they could carve Forge out of the way. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's had anything. Well, where is this been, By the way, did they, did, where did they bring him back from? I haven't really. He was just hanging that. out in a library in this book, and so it wasn't like he was someplace else. He was <laughs> so. If we remember, like, so he was on. Uh, I believe he was. He sold out the X Men in Civil War. Mm-hmm. Because he was on the side of registration. Yeah. Um, then after uh, like M Day, he was part of like the militant like X Men like the like the mutant police. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they had like started to form the XSE, which was the the future Time Cop version that he was. You know, so he's been doing stuff like that. I think he might have been on one of the the X-Men Avengers team, whatever, the Unity Squad yeah, or whatever. I think, I think he yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been around. I think, yeah, and Rogue it was on, like, the A-team or whatever. They all have been all yeah. uh, lady X-Men team, and she was also part of an Avengers team as well. Oh, the other um, thing, too, we should say is, so they, they use his full name, which is Lucas Bishop. Lucas. And I'm like, yes. you, like how many like, male Lucas? black villains... Male black heroes are they, and they're all named Lucas. Lucas, yeah. <laughs> it's either Lucas or Bill. And yeah. if you're Bill, it doesn't go well for you. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. 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 A whole another podcast topic too uh, about yeah. freaking him yeah. being put into uh, Ant Man and uh, wow. Wasp. He's gonna die. Um, mm. Anyway, no, so, yeah. they're not that stupid. <laughs> oh, they're not that stupid. Yeah, I don't know about that. Marvel might. Um, so yeah, so the, the, Brother Beavis brings up that they confront an, a classic X Men villain. I wasn't altogether like happy about that because I just don't care for that villain all that much. But it's understood why they did it, uh, especially because we're going to spoil this because it's been out for a few weeks now. So if you haven't read it, that's on you. Um, um, they they confront the Shadow King uh, because as a, the Shadow King's attacking the telepaths. When Betsy's able to be kind of saved from what's happening to her, she tells them that they're going to have to go to the astral plane to confront the Shadow King, and she picks the team that's going to wind up going. She leaves Bishop off that team, uh, and Angel, who would be useless, going to do anything. Well, she uh, doesn't <laughs> pick the team. This was this was annoying to me. Like they all have to opt in or out. Like yeah, you know, back in the day, Cyclops would have been like, you, 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 let's go, everybody else, yeah. stay here, and make sure Angel mm-hmm. doesn't get killed. I mean, that would have been like... <laughs> but they have to decide, look, I'm going with you. Well, I'm not going if you're going. I'm like, God, this is like a, two yeah. pages of a show off the WB here before they decide to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Phantom wow. X is kind of pointless, too. Just an yeah. awful character. He's uh, like... He's so, so, so 90s. You know, we have like the quintessential, like some of the quintessential 90s characters like Gambit. Gambit will always be like what what adult writers think kids think is cool, right? And, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. Phantom X is a product of the 2000s, which is like mm. completely ambiguous moral code, completely yeah. ambiguous powers. Yeah. Always, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just like he's just as bad in a way. He's, he's the cable. 2000s cliche character. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he's Cable, cable from the 90s. Characters. Yeah. Agreed. Um, right. So, yeah. So, 
they go to the astral plane to confront uh, the Shadow King. She tells him, as soon as you're there, he's going to know that you're there. And he's like, ooh, I got company, <laughs> essentially. Uh, it's a great oh, shot of boy. the Shadow King, like, in the when they come onto the astral plane, though. It's a great drawn shot of him. Um, I didn't and know he, he starts, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he starts <laughs> talking to an unknown person that, you know, you don't see until the final panel. And this is going to de- bring out a discussion here, too. The person that he has chained up here in the astral plane is Professor Xavier. Um, so uh, Xavier is back, air quotations, and um, he's been gone for a while since Cyclops killed him. Uh, as a whole another story, too. Uh, uh-huh. So the return, you didn't read the book, Sandman, but Return of Xavier, like how does that make you feel in any way, shape, or form? I mean, we all knew he was going to come back eventually. I mean, this is kind of what we? Yeah, we did. Um, eh, I mean, I'm like, eh, it was going to happen sooner or later. I'm just going to be really entertaining to see how the hell they're going to bring it back. Uh, like, where the hell does he always get these extra bodies just hanging around? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, but if you look at the Shadow King, I mean, he's almost, he, he and Xavier are pretty much the same person. Once he's just evil as hell. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, I mean, he's always coming back. So, yeah, I mean, we knew this was going to happen. They, I'm surprised they held off this long, honestly. <laughs> but, yeah, that was not a surprise to me at all. Are you saying, are you Brother Beavis? Because, I, I mean, I, I think, him being in the books is really a detriment to the character one and to the X-Men at this point. Like, I really do. Like, I, he literally serves no purpose at this yeah, point. Yeah, I, I think it's in that way, though. And, yeah, yeah, in yeah. This, in this, as we've gone through all this, I think we've all observed that the books are, like, worse when he's in there. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, when he's tried to figure out what his role is, whether he can or can't walk or whatever, like, everybody else kind of – it's always, like, awkward when he's around. They're more mm-hmm. functional when he's gone. They don't like they don't need the mentor, and that's the thing. Is like he was fine when it was teaching a class of kids, but now, uh, you know, these are grown ass mutants. They don't they don't mm-hmm. really need him. So yeah, I, but it's almost like inevitable. It's almost like they can't they can't stop bringing back Jean Grey. They can't stop bringing back um, Professor Xavier. So yeah, which is part of the book. Yeah, I I, I was definitely like kind of over it. Like when I saw that was the reveal, I kind of saw online. It was like, oh, you know, people were teasing it, but not, you know, actually saying what it was. And I was just like, I don't know. I was hoping it was going to be somebody else. I just don't think the character really serves any real purpose at this point. You know, as again, he is a relic of the, you know, hey, we're fighting for mutant rights. Uh, but like you have this whole society of people who are have powers that aren't hated. So I think his whole dream and his whole process is. If, if if that's not a point of the book anymore, which it shouldn't be, he shouldn't be around. And they play on that aspect probably a little too much for me anymore, but he still shouldn't be around. Like, there's just no point of having Xavier around. So unless he can walk and he's going to do something else that has to be with involved in walking, then he shouldn't be around anymore. So, yeah, yeah. Or so don't, don't, just, don't just come back and talk about the dream again. And, you know, if, like yeah. if he came back and said, like, look, I realized that wasn't going to work, but now I'm going to do this. You know, have given yeah. some growth rather than just lock mm-hmm. him into this cycle, right. or, or right. make him uh, a subordinate on the team. You know, yeah. I'm not sure that wouldn't work. Like, huh. yeah, that'd be different. Maybe, okay. maybe they'll, maybe they'll. So, I would guess that the storyline here is that 
when he was killed, he separated his astral body, but then when he appeared on the astral plane, he was imprisoned by the Shadow King, so he hasn't been able to mm-hmm. come back. Maybe they'll, like, get some teenager and put his put him in there so he can be like Ugh. he can be like the 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 kitty pride of the team and be the oh, God, no. bitch uh to okay, always yeah. have to be rescued yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i hope not oh god lord yeah. um <laughs> that stop me that. reading comics that stopped me reading comics <laughs> um okay so if you were going to be getting a monthly would um would this one of the three of the new X team books, which one would be the one that you would consistently go to? Uh, I think <clears throat> so. If, if I felt like blue had a story to tell, or if I kind of knew where that was going, um, I could put that in the running, but it, to me, it's like, you know, this is, this is sort of the throwback astonishing is sort of the throwback book. But if it's just mm-hmm. to sort of rehash and, and sort of be a reflection of what we've already read, then, mm-hmm. you know, that that could get old. You know, so if Astonishing mm-hmm. sort of if you figure out what the direction is and that seems cool, then I could get behind that. But Blue, you know, from the five or so issues that I read, felt like, you know, there was something to, something to, going on there. I don't know that I was mm-hmm. on board with the evolution of the five characters or the introduction of, of James Hudson or whatever he was, but yeah. but mm. but it would be between those two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sandman, you can get like I said, you can get a chance to read Astonishing, but you know, yeah, kind of from what we're talking about, is there one that um, you would stick out more to you? If from from the sound of it, I mean, I would give uh, Astonishing a try, but um, um, I am actually more attracted to the um, was it is it X Men Blue with the original team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, just because I just think it's an excuse for them to reboot Cyclops for one, because they screwed it up so yeah. screwed, mm-hmm. screwed him up so bad, and two to have aging Gray in the damn universe. That's another thing they um, had to bring her back to. You're talking about Professor X; they have to bring her back yeah. to always. Yeah. So, but it is an opportunity to, to kind of like um, light them. I mean, this is exactly what any um, editor wants: you know, younger X Men, just like. They've um, screwed up Peter Parker with that um, brand new day bullshit. Like, all they wanted to do was renew him and get right. him younger so they could write stories for him. But mm-hmm. that being said, I would be um, curious about the direction they use with him. Um, and <laughs> I don't know wh- uh, where they're going to go with it, too. Maybe that's uh, part of the reason that kind of attracts me to it, too. So that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was definitely a blue person over gold. Um, because of the, my anti-Kitty Pride hate, and uh, now but the that Wolverine character, I'm like, nope, I can't do with Blue anymore. And so now I was like, well, I'm kind of I'm I'm leaning towards Astonishing, even after one issue, even though I wasn't happy with the Shadow King as the villain. Like it's just rehashing old stories and old villains. But uh, I I'm I'm more comfortable with this team and where that book is headed. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm more on board so, with with James Hallett or Hudson, whatever he is, than old man Logan. Right. <laughs> I mean, if I have to read a book with Wolverine in it, I just assume have that one. Yeah. Well, if you saw the last issue, I don't know if you did or not, like his costume is essentially like Wolverine and Sabretooth all together, which uh, makes me throw up. 
<laughs> I'm picturing so, it right now, and it's not. Good. Yeah, it, yeah, it's gonna make me want to throw up. This is not fun. So, um, okay. All right, so that'll wrap up uh, Thursday night comic book chat. Uh, Brothers Comics. Um, remember, you'll be able to find this podcast and other podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Um, not a lot. Whole brothers. Brothers Comics Business, uh, you'll be able to catch out Podcast 67, which we recorded this past weekend from Brothers Comics, where Big Hutch um, describes his time at Comic-Con, uh, and um, I describe what happened at Supercon and at not at Comic-Con. Um, you can catch up on the um, Game of Thrones podcast. We just recorded we've recorded three episodes for that. Uh, if you want to, uh, last episode was called um, Going Out Like a G. Uh, if you watch Game of Thrones, you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and there's uh, probably one of the funniest podcasts we've ever recorded. To be quite honest, yeah, it is. Uh, I've, I've probably listened to it as much as I've listened to any other podcast because it's just uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, but yeah, you can check that podcast out. Uh, you can check out. The, I think uh, we're going to try and get the new one on Sunday. I think we're yeah, to the, yeah, which again eliminates me, which I'm perfectly okay with. Um, but. I, I should say I, I much much prefer riding bitch rather than driving these things. Uh, I do have to say the podcast. <laughs> yeah. A lot of work. It does have it. Yeah, it does have its moments. Uh, I agree. Uh, and, and I will say to you, I am perfectly fine. Like sitting back and like, oh, this is cool. I didn't have to write these jokes. Yeah, I have to write all these jokes. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can check all those podcasts out. If you're a football fan, you can check out our Cincinnati Bengals Who Day Over 40 podcast. There's a lot going on. Lots of cons coming up here soon. Uh, Dragon Con, Baltimore's uh, City Comic Con, uh, New York City Comic Con, possibly Dragon Con. I, I posted a little earlier. I got an email from Dragon Con this morning or this afternoon talking about, hey, we still have some press passes available after you already told me no. I'm, like, I'm going to reapply again. Oh, wow. Don't tell me no again. I'm going to be pretty upset. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be a happy time. Yeah, we could be getting into some Ted Kaczynski type we shit. still have a saying. football if you want to try and kick it. You know what? That <laughs> said that, I probably did get that thing pulled away from me. So, uh, now I'm mad. Dang it, don't do that. So, anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that wraps up, uh, again, the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat. Um, as uh, Let's see. Let's use the X-Men the Animated Series music as the an- X-Men Animated Series music takes us out. Uh, we are going to wrap up. Uh, so, Sandman, go ahead and say goodnight to all the party people. All right. So, I know our fellow mutants. We will see you next time. All right. And, Brother Beavis. Yeah, I'll see you next time from the island of Genosha, I think. Ooh, that's right. Yeah, Ooh. that's right. We're going to Genosha before we head to uh, the Inferno. So, yeah, mm. looking forward to that. All right, you guys. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Peace.